Okay, here's my next dream that I had. Um, so if you're going to listen to any of my dreams, you might want to watch from dream one on to the other ones because truthfully, they build upon one another and they were over a period of like eight months. So it was, it's like a gradual revelation as I look back to these things um, that I began to understand things or to see things from my dream. Now on this dream, I haven't um, had any experiences where any of this has happened um, from my dream. So nothing has happened on my prior dream. Something I dreamt about in my dream happened in real life. This one, nothing has happened. Um, and it's just a very, it's going to be a lot shorter than the prior one. So the date of this dream was September 19th, 2021. And I dreamt about a surprise party. And many people that I knew were there in my dream. And it had to do with something between someone I know and me. And what I knew in my dream, which was really weird and, and doesn't have anything to do with the reality, was that it was like either like an engagement or a wedding party. And when I was there, I knew I was there for that purpose. And I knew it was me that was the person who was engaged or getting married. I knew that in my dream, but I was completely confused. Like I I just thought, how did this happen? And I'm so confused. And then I started seeing all these people and I was like, why are these people here? And it's, they were unlikely people to be there at that. And I know, I know these people and I wrote down who the people were, but I'm not really sharing that on this podcast. But, um, I, I knew the individuals that were there and, um, uh, I don't remember much of the details at all, except the fact that it was, I was confused. It was a surprise wedding or engagement party. And it was the location of it really stood out to me because I just like was looking. It was a beautiful place. And, um, and all I can describe is that there was this like bow or circular window that was like floor to ceiling glass. And it overlooked a valley of a, a city below. And it was almost like an observatory. And, and it's not been like a place that I've really been to before, but, um, this place was just, it was, it was beautiful. And, um, and so I was, I was trying to search like something to give someone an example of what I saw in my dream in this like observatory area. And it was, it was really high. It was really tall and it overlooked. And as I searched, I found what it looks like. And it looks like the space needle in Seattle. That's what was in my dream. I was inside, and it, it, my dream didn't tell me that's where it was at all, but for imagery, so you can get the impact and understand what it looked like, that's what it looked like. I was inside, for example, the Space Needle in Seattle, and I was looking out, and that's what I could see, like a city below, everything was lower, and um, that was just part of my dream. And, and like I said, I was just really confused, but yet I knew I was at a wedding or an engagement party. 
And then um, there was this there was this bar that was set up, and there was a on the bar counter, um, there was like a a plaque or a date or something like you could change the dates or something I guess. But um, there were there were spots that were filled, and here's the date. Like I never dreamt about a date in my dream. So the date was the month was twelve, and then. The day was blank. There was no day put in there. But the year was 2026. And I clearly remember that from my dream. And and like I said, I was just confused. I was like, what is this going on? Um, and that was that was the end of my dream. That's all I remember from my dream. And, um, you know, it didn't mean much to me. It's just like, okay, let's kind of wait and see what what if anything comes of this, well, obviously that's going to be in 2026, uh, December of 2026. I'll have to wait to see if anything like this comes about. Um, but it, it just, um, as I've had these other dreams, all of a sudden it, it kind of, um, maybe, I mean, I, I just feel like from the other dreams that I've had, like I said, I've had these eight dreams, I have a feeling it's not so much about that event that I maybe first thought it was, but it relates to something biblical. And in the Bible, there is um, a, oh gosh, many references to when Jesus returns and brings the believers to him. And there is like, a wedding banquet and he calls well within the bible symbolically the people of the church the believers are the bride of Jesus and when Jesus comes when Jesus returns there is a celebration with the believers and i don't know if that dream that i had was symbolic of that and i wouldn't have drawn that conclusion at all except that every single dream that I've had from the first dream until dream number eight has, well, with the exception of one, they have all been biblically related and they all like build upon one another. And because this has been the theme. Now, when I've shared this with someone else who was close to me, they said, well, you know, you you've been like looking into this Bible prophecy stuff and end time stuff. And, um, and that's true, but I didn't start looking into it right now. I started wondering about this in 2020 when we had the global shutdown, because this was the first time in my life that anything like that ever happened. And, and I just thought, this is just too weird. And then there were a lot of things that, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of deception involved with it. And a lot of things just didn't make sense. And, and so I, I just thought, you know, I think there's more to this than what we're seeing at surface level. And that's when I really got focused into um, the Bible. I had already read it from front to back in 2019. So I knew the uh, the overall, the if you want to say from the level 30,000 feet above looking at what the Bible is, I knew the basics of it. I knew somewhat of the story, but I hadn't really studied it. And and so then when 
2020 came along, I decided I want to study it. I want to, I want to know, I want to understand more. I want to seek more. And actually in 2019, I, I did that from when I first read it, I continued along that path. So for the last couple of years, I've been daily for the most part, maybe I've skipped a day here or there, but I've been studying and researching and looking up things and, and really, um, focused on what's in the Bible. And so because of that, um, like I said, it's happened. I my the intense part of that and me studying all of that was years ago. It wasn't just recent in 2021. Um, that was almost like three years ago that I started this pursuit of the Bible. So why didn't I have any, you know, uh, Bible related dreams all that time? Like I said, in my first dream was the night that I got baptized. And then almost a week later, I have this dream. So I don't, for sure, I absolutely don't know the significance of the dream, or it could just be a dream. So I'm not saying it is anything, but I'm saying that dreams I've had now have tend to have a biblical context. And that's, I'm wondering if this does. And then, um, so that really has me focused on the 2026 year. Um, and December, I don't know why that was on there. It's so weird. I don't understand it, but maybe in the future I will, but I'm sharing it now. And then if it's still around in 2026, we can look back on this and see, you know, is this real or is it not real? Or was it telling us something or not? But um, so in a way, this dream is kind of just about entertainment, but wait and see what happens. So that's it. Thanks. Bye. After I had this dream, I had paid much more attention to actually after this dream. And then um, I have, I've had at least three rapture dreams and are about that event. And so then I started paying more attention and I started questioning and watching other people who have studied eschatology and um, just learning more to see if there's any significance to this dream. And so I don't remember what video it was along the way, but these were things that happened in stages for me. It didn't all happen at once. First of all, I commented on somebody else's video, I guess asking questions, and it was about something, eschatology, the study of end times. And a an account commented back to me on whatever video, because I can't find that video anymore, but some account commented and laid out the whole timeline and on the timeline, this person who commented had um, Jesus' return or rapture or gathering or something, um, 9 slash 2026. And of course, that year captured my attention. So I, and then the account, whatever it was, all I remember is that the um, picture on it, it had something Hebrew, like Hebrew letters or something. So it intrigued me. And I remembered, 
you know, they had it all laid out. Of course, you know, everybody's got opinions of things. And the other thing that this account did was it, it gave the, the Hebrew year. And I didn't know anything about Hebrew years or something. And I know that this year, now that I'm recording this, 2024 is um, Hebrew year 5784. So that, of course, triggered a lot of thoughts. I wanted to learn more. And we know that everything, I mean, I know now, and we know that um, everything in the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, is was, as far as prophecy goes, was then fulfilled in the New Testament. A lot of it was um, by Jesus. In fact, Jesus said that he came to fulfill what the prophets talked about. So everything originally was in our Bible, our scripture was Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament because everything got destroyed um, that was written in Hebrew for the New Testament. So we just have the, the Greek versions. And why this is significant, because um, when this person commented and gave me these like, it was almost like clues to me or not clues, but just something that I wanted to look into further. So again, I started looking into further about Hebrew. And then I started learning about feast days and about how like the Passover um, was significant because Jesus died on the Passover, but it was also symbolic because um, the the blood of the lamb protected the people from the angel of death as they passed through during the time of Exodus, which Passover celebrates, but then Jesus protects those covered by his blood today um, as of the date, the Passover, where he suffered, died, and was buried and then resurrected. Um, but he died on Passover. So the blood of the lamb, Jesus is symbolic of the lamb, covers us. So that's significant, uh, talking about feast days. And then the Feast of First Fruits, where that refers to resurrection. And there's a lot more that I don't understand everything, but there's the spring feast and then there's the fall feast. Now, the um, the other spring feast, um, Shavuot, uh, which was 50 days after Passover, which was Pentecost, which was the day the apostles received the Holy Spirit as Jesus told them to wait until they received the Holy Spirit. That happened. Um, that was the same day again. So it was something from the Old Testament, Shavuot, that was fulfilled in the New Testament time, Pentecost, and it was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So again, these are, you know, salvational related items because Jesus dying on the cross at Passover, that was a salvation. That's the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So that's salvation related. Then we get to Shavuot, and that's receiving of the Holy Spirit. That is also salvation related because Jesus said in John chapter 3 that when he was talking to Nicodemus, he said, in order to see the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again. He said, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again. 
And then he said third time, you must be born again, born of the water and born of the spirit. Well, born of the water is the um, baptism of repentance. When we repent, when we turn away from sin and turn towards God, that's um, symbolized in our baptism. So when we baptize, it's, it's the dying of our old self, our sinless self, and the symbolic resurrection of a new life, a new life in Christ. So that's the first thing, born of the water. Then, born of the Spirit. Jesus will send, when we are sincere in our action, in what we do with baptism, Jesus will send the Holy Spirit to us that will sanctify us. The Holy Spirit will change us and make us more like Jesus. We will never be perfect but until Jesus returns. But during that time, there's a process that happens, and it happens because of God's Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit changing our lives. So again, that's going back to the feast days. That is another feast that um, that's has to do with salvation and what Jesus talked about, you know, born of the water, born of the spirit. That's not a certain day. It's whatever day each person decides to make that commitment to God. And, but that is, is a salvation. Um, the point being, it has to do with salvation. So then we get to the fall festival, the fall feast. And there are, um, the, uh, oh gosh, um, the Feast of Trumpets, and which is Rosh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, two of those dates. And the interesting thing is, like I said, this was all slowly things that I learned over time. So the Fall Feast have not been fulfilled. They were um, certainly celebrated and given to the Israelites by God to continue to celebrate um, the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, those are feasts that were told they will actually into the millennium, we will still be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles um, because that's when God provided a shelter over the people. Now, this shelter over the people is very, in my mind, it's like, okay, that's protection period. Perhaps it could be the protection period that God does for his children, those who have been born again, those who have repented and received the Holy Spirit. There's a shelter, a protection, just like God protected the Israelites and they wandered in the wilderness, but he provided them shelter um, for a period of time <clears throat> before the wholeness came together. Well, that is what God did. It said that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are given a deposit for eternity and that there is a protection. There are so many things that happen. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Anyway, again, this is a fall feast. So when I started looking up fall feast and of course, reflecting on the stream I had and this date that was confusing to me, I thought, what is, is there anything significant in 2026? And you're not going to believe this, but look up 2026. Look up the feast. The feast is September 
um, 12th, 2026. That is the fall feast that was that's missing, that's not been fulfilled. And whether this is just a wild coincidence, but the other thing is that I didn't know was my dream that I had said 12 blank 2026. So in English, I assumed that was December with no date and 2026. But Hebrew dates are written different than English dates. And I didn't know this, but Hebrew dates start with the day first, then the month, then the year. My dream was 12 blank 2026. The Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, happens to be 12 9 So this is another ironic, coincidental thing that someone commented or replied back to me and gave me this timeline and their account was in Hebrew and they had Jesus's return, a rapture. Uh, that's, I, I wish I still had it. I, I haven't found it that yet, but it said 9, um, 2026, or I think it might've been written in, I don't remember, like I said, but the point is, it gave me the thought that it was September of 2026. And I think it might have been written in a Hebrew year. And that's how I got on that, that, you know, study. So anyway, um, I'm not trying to force a date. I'm just saying as dates were revealed, this is what I found. So it's nothing more than to be watchful and it was just a dream that I had, and I don't know the significance, but it certainly impacted me, and it certainly will make me be watchful that for that date, and it also has given me urgency to, most importantly, speak to everyone about being born again. Repent, turn to, turn to God, turn away from sin. Um, Believe the things that Jesus has told through scripture. Believe what he said is true because he is the only, he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. If you believe in him and you show your obedience by, he says, if you love me, you will obey, obey my commandments. So that is turning to God. That is repentance. If you believe Jesus, you're going to change your life. You're going to want to live for God. You're going to want to be obedient to his commandments, which means you are showing love to God. If you show love to God, he will know that you are, that you love him. If you are obedient, he will know that you love him. Then he will I don't say then, but I mean like God knows our heart. God knows what we believe. God knows if we're being truthful or not. But God, or Jesus, will send the Holy Spirit. He says he receives the Holy Spirit from the Father and he gives to whomever he wants. So Jesus is in control of this. He will give the Holy Spirit to those who have prepared themselves and again, I've said this so many times before, Jesus gave us parables to talk about being prepared. 
he gave us the parable of the ten virgins. And the way I look at the parable of the ten virgins, these are people who are prepared. They're dressed. They're ready. They're virgins. They've cleaned themselves. They are. So they've been repentant. And they have the lamps with oil. Oil has been symbolic of the Holy Spirit, of anointing. So anointing with the Holy Spirit. So this is, these are two, uh, ten, ten virgins who have prepared themselves, who have the Holy Spirit, but five of them lose their oil. Their oil runs out. So what happens with five of them? Do they fall away? Because it says before Jesus returns, there's going to be a great falling away. It's just something to think about, reflect about, pray about. Because half of those people who prepared themselves run out of oil. And in the time that they go to get the oil, the bridegroom returns. And then the five who were prepared go with the bridegroom. And the five who were unprepared, who ran out of oil, remain and the doors were closed. So really reflect on that parable of the 10 virgins. And then there's another one too about preparation, that the parable that Jesus talked about. And he said about, well, he talked, he gave us the analogy of a wedding that was approaching. And so the master you know, invited all these people and they were too busy. They had just done this. They had to do that. They gave all these excuses. And so then the father says, well, go out to the streets and invite everybody. So they go out to the streets and invite everybody. And this man comes and he's just out on the street. He was invited to the wedding. He shows up to the wedding and he's not dressed properly. And he gets kicked out of the wedding and thrown out to, it says, like where there's gnashing of teeth and so forth. So he's kicked out of the wedding. And that confused me the first time because I was like, well, they invited him. Why did they kick him out? Because he wasn't properly dressed. And I thought, well, that was kind of rude. But then when I understand properly dressed means prepared, like you can't get in any other way. You have to be prepared. You have to be, as Jesus said, born of the water and born of the spirit. You have to have that repentance. You have to turn to God, turn away from sin, become obedient. God will help you become obedient because the Holy Spirit will do this. It's not by our own. We need God to be prepared. We need the Holy Spirit to be prepared. It comes through believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus requires an action. If you believe in something, if you believe this is true, you are going to take action. You are going to repent. And then Jesus, who loves us, gives us the Holy Spirit to help us finish through. But we have to stay connected to God. We can't just, I, you know, there's a lot of people who believe that once you have the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that will ever separate you. God will never leave you. That is true. God will never, ever leave you. But because of the parable of the ten virgins and those who had oil and then those who ran out of oil, it makes me question whether we can do something that would separate us from God. Now, maybe we could. They would be foolish. They would be very foolish. But who's to say? I mean, we do stupid things. So we can't let go of God. 
God will never let go of us, but we can't let go. We need to grab onto God and hang on to God just as hard as he hangs on to us. Because if we willfully do something wrong, I mean, perhaps it could be taking the mark of the beast, because if someone takes the mark of the beast, there's no repentance for that. That is a permanent thing. So that is so important not to take the mark of the beast. So that's one thing that could maybe do something um, to separate us from God, um, because it says something about um, that like the testimony of the saints that they, this is in Revelation, and I can't remember what chapter it is, but it talks about that they didn't love their life so much as to fear losing it because those those people, I mean, it's like your belief has to be that strong if, you know, there's certain people that are going to go through different things before they get to heaven. Just look like look at all the disciples and the things that they had to endure because of the name of Jesus. Um, Jesus is hated because he brings life, true life to people. And his enemy doesn't want people to have true life. And so his enemy wants to seek people, to kill people, to destroy people, and do it in a very deceitful and manipulative way. And that's what Jesus was trying to protect people from. But in making that transition into eternity with God, into the millennium with Jesus, um, there, um, there's, there's a transition. And when Jesus returns, um, that people will be changed, um, become the perfect beings that God intended us to be, become immortal and be changed instantly when Jesus returns. And so when Jesus returns, we have to be prepared. We have to be born again. We have to have repented. We have to have the Holy Spirit so that we can rise and be with Jesus. Or even some of us will be living when Jesus returns. So it doesn't mean it doesn't mean a physical death. And a death, a physical death is only falling asleep. So often throughout the Bible, it says that someone went to sleep. When Stephen was being stoned, it talked about him going to sleep. So this is going to sleep in a spiritual sense. When someone dies, that's not the end. It continues. That's the important part, that we aren't so short-sighted that think that we have to live for this life now. No, we need to live for the life, for the eternal life with God. And that's going to be where we have all the joy, no more crying, no more tears. It's going to be amazing. God has these wonderful plans for us, but we have to do something. We can't just ignore what Jesus said, ignore the gospel that's been preached for, what, a thousand years or so, um, 2,000 years. Um, it's been around for a long time, and it's there for our benefit. We just have to apply what it says. Anyway, getting back to this whole situation um, is that no matter what, we don't know when Jesus truly will return. And so therefore, we have to be prepared. And if you are not prepared today, if you have not been born again, that's what you need to do immediately.
so that you're prepared when Jesus does return because Jesus will return and whoever's prepared is going to be with him. Whoever's not prepared is going to have to endure longer. The other point is do not take the mark of the beast. Whatever that turns out to be, the beast is symbolic. The beast is symbolic of some governing authority. And the Bible tells us, prophecy tells us that this entity is going to force all people to take a mark. It says in their forehead or in their hands. I think it could be physical, but I'm not sure because it could also be like, you know, in your mind or in what you do, your actions or your mind. But I think it has to be something that, well, I, I'm leaning towards it being a true physical thing, a mark on our head or our fo- on our um, hand. But be careful because it could also just be where our thoughts are, where our honor is, what we do, what we think about, and what we, we do with our hands, our actions. So in our thought and in our actions. Um, because it says the beast will require people to worship it and to take a mark. And if they don't, they're not going to be able to buy or sell, which means you're not going to be able to transact anything, any kind of currency. You're not going to be able to do any of that, which means you're going to get poor. You're going to have nothing, and you're going to have to be willing to do that because you know the Word of God is true, and you know that Jesus said it's going to be okay after that. But you, we may have to go through that. Who knows who has to do that? But you've got to be prepared for that. And your faith has to be strong enough that you're going to not take the mark because the Bible tells us the mark. If you take the mark, whatever it is, if you submit to this beast and you worship this beast and you do it out of fear because you know that you're not going to be able to buy or sell, so you take this out of fear, there is no repentance for you. You cannot you cannot do that because it probably involves worshiping or putting somebody before God because it also talks about this Antichrist figure that's going to blaspheme God, going to say that he is God and is going to persecute Christians. So we know that's been foretold as well. The only way that we're going to get through this is faith, is by faith is by being prepared, being born again, and staying true to that. Do not think, just think about Jesus and think about God. And we don't know what our future will be, but it may require us to be as faithful as Jesus's disciples who were martyred. And that There already are Christians who have had to go through this in different countries throughout the world. So don't think that we are all going to be spared from that. We may be, but we may also be tested. So make sure that your faith is strong. Make sure that you have the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you are born again today. Don't waste time because if this date that I dreamt about has any significance. It's very close and everyone needs to be prepared. 
not to say wait until that day gets here to be prepared because that's a dream that I had. I don't know. And that could be absolutely nothing. I'm just sharing this, that hoping that this benefits someone else because being prepared today is the most important thing that you can do. Then you have nothing to fear about because you have God with you. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us courage. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're fearful beings. But with the Holy Spirit, we can endure anything. The Holy Spirit didn't give us a spirit of being timid, but gave us one of power and courage and love and self-control. And there's so many different aspects the Holy Spirit gives. But we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. Get prepared read the Bible because that's how faith grows is by reading the word of God. Pray to God, stay in constant communication with God. Pray without ceasing. That's said in the Bible. Pray continually. Jesus prayed all the time to the father when he was here, yet he was one with the father, but he didn't lose that connection. He stayed. He would go separate himself from people and go pray. The connection to God is important It's so important, especially once you surrender. You need God's strength to get through that because when you surrender, there may be things that come against you. There may be things that test you. Um, I know for sure that happened to me. I got tested immediately after I surrendered. And I didn't understand it, but that was the first, my first experience with with God and praying to God and calling out to God because when I surrendered, not so good things started happening to me and I got really upset about it and I got confused by it and I thought, God, why is this happening to me when I am changing my life for the better, when I'm trying to live for you now, when I wasn't before and things were fine and I really was upset about it. Not angry with God, but just saying, why, why, why? And I prayed. And for the first time I opened my Bible and because I asked God, I said, show me something, you know, just say, you know, like I'm going to open this Bible. I haven't read the whole thing, but just let me see something in here. And I opened it up to the book of Job. The book of Job is all about being tested, all about being tested by Satan. But in the end, God restores everything doubly so. That's some, that story is very applicable to all of us, even when we get tested, not if, when we get tested. There, God allows it. He wants to test our hearts. He wants to test, do we really love him? Are we really committed? But in the end, he's a good God. He loves us, and he's going to doubly benefit. That's what he shows in the book of Job. And we can apply the things in the Bible, in Scripture, what happened to others. We can apply history to the future because it repeats itself. We can know that God is faithful and true. He's the same God He's always been. He doesn't change. He is a God of justice. And He will do the things that the Bible shows us that God does. So God is faithful God is true. God loves us. God is love. He created us out of love. 
and he wants us to be in eternity. That's the whole reason that Jesus came, was to destroy the work of Satan, destroy the work of the devil. The work of the devil is to seek people, kill people, destroy, to get them involved in lustful things. That seems to be the biggest um, deceiving deception, manipulation that happens, that once we open up ourselves to that, he comes in and tries to get more and more God's enemy. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can defeat all of that. And that is the only way that we do it is through the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. Anyone who listens to this, if you didn't know all this stuff, if you apply it, you will be blessed because God will do these wonderful things in your life. It may be hard for a little while, but we have to keep our focus on Jesus. We have to keep our focus on God who is true to his word and the future of what he tells us. And it's in store for all of us who get ourselves ready. Jesus did the hard work. He died on the cross and resurrected and is living. He did that without that even if we were the best people in the world and we changed and became all these great people, we still couldn't get there because we needed, because of God's law, we needed Jesus to sacrifice. God had to save us. We couldn't have saved ourselves. We are only saved by Jesus and by what happened on the cross. But we have to prepare ourselves. It's available to everyone in the world, every single person, but what we have to do is prepare. And once we prepare, once we have the Holy Spirit and we stay connected to God in prayer, read the Word of God to keep your faith. And if you read the, if you read the Bible and you're praying, and um, if you don't have a Bible, God can do things without the Bible. But the Bible gets our faith. The Bible gives us faith. Find someone who knows the Bible. Um, and first of all, like I recommend the Bible, but they're trying to change the Bible too. I know they're going to rewrite the Bible. So you have to find one that is true and find someone who has the Holy Spirit. Find out about the fruits of the Spirit so that you can discern between people who are truly have the Holy Spirit and those who are faking it. So those are there's so much in the Bible and Scripture that we need to know. This fruit of the Spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22. To like in the 20s um, through like 24 or 27. I don't remember how far it goes, but Galatians chapter 5, you will find information about the Holy Spirit so you can discern um, if somebody has the Holy Spirit or if they don't, because that's really important. So do whatever you can to get close to God. If God, God knows your heart, God knows if you're doing that, if you're doing that, God will make a way because he loves us. He will do whatever he needs to do to make it possible when he sees we are turned towards him, that we do love him. He will do everything for us. Um, we may have to go through trials. It doesn't say, like Jesus said, in this world, you have trouble, but I have overcome the world. So Jesus has overcome. We just have to remember that when we're going through trials and tribulations and things like that. Um, even if even if it comes to having to go through death for Jesus, for the name of Jesus, because we don't deny our faith. Jesus says, if you deny me, I will deny you in front of the Father. 
and he's the only way to the Father is through Jesus. So you cannot deny Jesus or you will not be in eternity. And that's critical to know too. That's from scripture. So read scripture, get to know scripture, get to know everything about it. Most importantly, pray to God. God knows our heart. Surrender to God because in that surrendered sense of rejecting sin, rejecting evil and saying, I do not want the sinful life anymore. I want to get rid of it. I want to surrender my life to God. When you do that, that is the beginning of repentance. And God will, when he knows that's sincere, will, Jesus will send the Holy Spirit to us and begin to change us. So, but we need that. We need to be born again. Don't forget that if you're not born again right now, get born again.